number 12, Acts 12. We're going to be there um, in just a moment. Acts chapter 12. Uh, before we get into the actual scripture, let me talk about uh, the location a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about Antioch. Antioch um, was the, the third largest, kind of third most important city in the Roman Empire. Um, behind uh, Rome, of course, and uh, Alexandria in, in Egypt. Um, Antioch was about 300 miles or so, maybe just short of 300 miles north of Jerusalem. Okay, so um, it also was a place that it, it really had a pretty good Jewish element there. Uh, the, there had been Jews in, in Antioch for quite a while. Um, in fact, uh, remember, remember Herod the Great? There's several Herods in, in the New Testament, but Herod the Great uh, was the, the Herod at the time of Jesus' birth. Okay, he lived, so he, most of his reign was before Jesus was born. He died right around the same time that Jesus was born just afterward. Uh, Herod um, got into and kind of solidified his power uh, in Jerusalem by getting into bed with Rome and trying to really buy Rome's um, uh, love and allegiance and, and um, help. And so one of the things he did, because Herod was in, immensely wealthy, is in, in Antioch, the main street that went through Antioch, Herod paid to have it um, inlaid with marble. So the entire street going through the town was a marble street that Herod paid for. It must have been beautiful. Wish I wish I could have seen it. Um, so Antioch was, um, it did have a pretty good Jewish element there. Uh, the, the size... Um, People vary on what, what they say. Uh, more than likely, there's around 500,000 people. So somewhere between one and 600,000 is what they say. Uh, with the surrounding area and including you know, women and children, um, it's probably around 500,000 people, which is a pretty good-sized place. Um, it was a, uh, a town that was... Um, uh, they say it was a port city, um, although it was actually about 20 miles or so. It was a, a good day's walk from the, the water, but they had a river uh, that, that went right by Antioch and, and brought everything from the Mediterranean uh, right there to town. So it was a booming, bustling city. Uh, and like I said, the third most important, third largest city in the Roman Empire at the time. Uh, so this is this is where we're going to be talking about this morning. If, if you think one would put it in terms of the United States, you know, I would say is it'd be kind of like Chicago or L.A. You know, I, I would say, um, you know, Washington D.C. is not the largest uh, city in the country, but it's, it's the capital, and it, you know, our founders designed it that way that it wouldn't be inside one of the states; it would be a separate, non-state kind of city entity. So it's, it's not the largest, but you know, in arguably probably the most important. It's the seat of government for the country. And then New York is absolutely immense. And then Chicago, you know, L.A. is actually a little bit in front of Chicago, but you know, people would probably argue, those in Chicago I'm sure would argue, that, um, that Chicago is probably right behind New York. So if you think of Chicago or L.A., that's the, that's the Antioch of, of the time, uh, you know, a, a a port city, a place that is uh, booming and bustling. It's it's a, a a beautiful place. It's where people just go to to be. Okay, so Antioch is is where uh, we're going to be talking about. Look at um, look at uh, Acts chapter eleven. I think I said twelve. I'm sorry. It's it's eleven, starting in um, verse nineteen. We're going to talk about a revival that happened in Antioch. Acts 
So then, those who were scattered because of the persecution, uh, this is again 11.19, those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. Okay, pause right there just a second. So, this is this. Um, was it last week we talked about uh, Samaria, right? And what? How did how did they get to Samaria? What what pushed Philip to go to Samaria? The persecution, right? Remember Stephen gets killed, and uh, Saul starts ravaging the church, and all of a sudden all the people who are in Jerusalem who are Christians except for the disciples, uh, they went. They fled. They went back to their hometowns if, if they were outside, but they, they left. And Philip goes to Samaria. Remember, Philip is an evangelist. He, he was one of, the, um, one of the ones that the apostles laid their hands on that uh, began to minister to the, um, the Hellenistic widows, right? They, they needed some more people, so they said, hey, you know, we can't, we can't serve food and, and do everything here. Have some people that will help with all these little minor details. And Philip was one of those. So he was uh, somebody who the apostles had, had designated and laid hands. And he went out and he was a, um, an evangelist is what he was called later. And so he's having great success in, in Philippi. I'm sorry, Samaria, not Philippi. His name was Philip. <laughs> but then look here. So they were scattered because the persecution occurred in connection with Stephen, made their way to Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, speaking to no one except to the Jews alone. There were some of them men of Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. By the way, Antioch ends up being the second um, most important uh, town or city for Christianity behind Jerusalem. It ends up being, it's the third most important in Rome, but it ends up being the second <clears throat> most important in Christianity. By the way, it also, I, something I forgot to mention, it was also a, uh, a hotbed for um, the, the Greek and Roman gods. So Zeus is one of their, their main gods that they worshipped, along with a bunch of the other ones. And uh, they also um, had a good uh, size emperor worship. A lot of the emperors, they declared themselves gods. And um, that was one of the things at Antioch. So they, they would worship the emperor also. But then, look, so getting back to the, to the beginning to uh, spread the gospel in Antioch, who was it that did it? Scattered Jews, but who, who, who went to Antioch and, and started preaching? It, it doesn't say. Some guys, some guys went to Antioch and started preaching, and they had great success. Now, does that strike anybody a little bit odd? It's especially okay. I, in in the South, we don't have this quite as much, but up in New England, you really focus on history, right? I mean, the, uh, when we were in, in Franklin, boy, uh, I, could, I could recite to you a lot of the history of Franklin and how it coincided with the church and the first founders in town here in Willimantic. Um, I know even uh, a few weeks ago, um, oh, housed over here in the... Um, uh, I'm blanking on the office that Crean is in. That's terrible. Clerk, I'm sorry, I just went, boom. In the, in the town clerk's office, in the vault, they have the um, original um, the, uh, the original will that deeded over this area from um, Joshua Uncas to the, the settlers here. And she, she came in and to the town council meeting, kind of showed everybody this you know, handwritten document. You know, we know the history. We know who were, the, who were the first founding people in this area. How did they get here? We've got, we've got the documents. We've got the, uh, you know, the, the founding of the church and the first pastors here and, 
it because in Connecticut you had to have a town, you had an ecclesiastical society. So you petitioned the government, the, the government in Hartford to be able to even form a town. And we know all that. How did the church start in Antioch? Some guys started preaching. It was a grassroots movement. How did the revival start in Antioch? How did Antioch become the second most important town in all of Christianity? It wasn't from an evangelist, Philip, you know, who had been had his hands had the apostles' hands laid on him, said, "Go and and go and preach." It wasn't from the apostles going. It wasn't from. It was. We we don't know. Their names aren't even recorded in Scripture. They were just people who knew and loved Jesus. Who, um, who here is qualified under those terms? Come on. And what we heard this morning, like I said, you just illustrated my sermon for me. <laughs> right, of course... Kevin's pastor, but guys, it's, it's, it's being out there and seeing somebody and talking to them and saying, hey, you know what, Let, let's, let's strike up a conversation, let's strike up a friendship. Can we do anything for you? We're, we're going to this church. Come on over here. Oh, you've got, you're, you, you're estranged from your father? Can, can I show you some love? Can I point you to the love that I, that has helped me. Let, me. let me show you the love that God has, has had in my life. Wow. That's the beginnings of revival. It's not, it's not the pastors and the evangelists, although you know, we have a part to play. Thank the Lord. But it's when everybody says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take what I can do however small or however great that is, and I'm going to do it. And I love it. I absolutely love seeing everybody and just whatever that little part is to play. Just being out on the street and, and talking to somebody or in, in your work, you know, and being able to... Um, uh, come to prayer meeting and say, look, this somebody in, in work approached me because they know I'm a Christian and they want us to pray. That's what it's all about. It's like that grassroots movement where, look, my, my, what my hope is is to be your cheerleader, to be the coach and saying, great job. And what, can I, what can I give you to help you in your, what you're doing? Go for it. If, if you need resources, I'll get them for you. You need teaching, I'll get it for you. If you need, if you need, just let me know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna push you, and I'm gonna love you, and I'm gonna strengthen you. And I'm gonna, but this is your, this is your deal. I'm just, I'm just a cheerleader. And that's starting to happen, and it's so exciting. So this, this revival, that, that I believe the Lord has is bringing, and I believe is what He's doing. Please, 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 think of it as a grassroots movement. It is not, don't think of it, oh, the preachers are going to bring this revival. So I'm going to look to Pastor Ryan, I'm going to look to Pastor John, I'm going to look to Pastor Donnie, I'm going to look to Pastor Darren, and I'm going to look to, no, 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 no. Take hold of it. This is you guys. We're just, we're just here to, to jump and shout and do kicks and, and uh, say, go team, okay? It's, it's got to be a grassroots process. What, what can you do? Can you be like Tom and like Pastor Kevin and just start talking to somebody outside? Can you be that person at work that just every, whenever you can just to say, look, I'm a Christian. If you need something, I'll, I'll be there for you. Just to share or to say, look, you know what, can I, I don't know where your faith is. I don't know if you, if you even believe there's a God. Can I pray for you and open the door? I believe it's a grassroots movement. That's how it started in Antioch. 
became the second most important city for Christianity in the first century. Started with who knows who knows who did it. It's amazing. But but the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Verses verse twenty two. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Isn't that cool? Think about it. Word of word of mouth. There's something going on in Antioch. Can, can you believe that, that Christianity reached Antioch? 300 miles away, they, okay, they, they didn't hop the Concord, right? They, 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 more than likely, they walked. They got up to Antioch and started preaching. It reached, they reached Jerusalem, and so they send Barnabas. So Barnabas goes off, and he, he arrives and witnessed the grace of God. Verse 23, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Did, did I just say the, a, a cheerleader? Right? By the way, Barnabas is a son of encouragement. That, that People see this as one of the, um, they believe he had that gift of encouragement. And this is, this is one of those things. He, he's, he's encouraging them, right? This is what, what he's doing. Hey, guys, keep on going. Um, so he began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord, for he was a good man. And I, I love this. I saw this. He was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Um, by the way, if you remember, if if you if you read in read Acts, if you remember, um, uh, Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Paul, um, they they start going off together. They were there, the two. Um, the two buddies. Barnabas was one of the first people who befriended uh, Saul, right, and brought him to Jerusalem. And said, "Look, he, he's okay. He's not going to kill you now, right?" And then, so they're they're together. But then Barnabas and and, and Paul have have a split over um, Barnabas's cousin John Mark. So and so they go each way, right? Luke, who is um, with Paul later in Paul's life is coming back and talking about Barnabas. And he says, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and the faith. So I love it that, you know, it looks like later in life, Paul and Barnabas made up. It doesn't really say in Scripture, but it looks like they have a, they have a good respect for each other. Um, so what, what, is, what does Barnabas do? He left for Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, it brought him to Antioch. For an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So the other thing is to be, to be hungry for teaching. See, this is, um, this is hard to make a distinction here, but it, what it seems like, because it, it, it's a focus on the word. There's a focus on the word, and it seems like they they were hungry to get more of the word. And I believe a, a lot of times um, preachers today have um, um, we, we've some for legitimate reasons, and some for not quite so good reasons. A lot of times the word gets left out. There's a lot more. Um, preaching and just casting a net which is good and that needs to happen but not that much real strong teaching and uh, learning what the scripture says and and digging in and and uh, really trying to understand all the uh, ins and outs of scripture and, and what it means but what, what they do with with Antioch and what it looks like is boy these people wanted to know what the scripture meant by the way, these were these were Gentiles. These were this was not your Jewish element here. A lot of them. These, it, it, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But these were these were these were Gentiles, and, and so they're they're hungry. And Paul. So I I think what happened. Barnabas went. Boy, these guys are hungry. Let me go get Paul or Saul. Let me let me go get him. This guy Paul knows. And for an, an entire year, they just spent teaching, and. You know, that's one thing I appreciate about about you guys is you guys seem to you, you love scripture and you love to dig in and you love to because um, I I try 
to, as a preacher, I try to, um, to give a little bit of everything because I know people are always in, in different walks with their faith. And sometimes they ju- you just need to um, get th- just the very basics. And, and um, you know, how, how does this help me to live? You know, I don't really care what the Greek word is. I, I'm just, just <laughs> how, do, how do I live this thing out? But then there are others in here I know they're like, man, I really want, what is that Greek word? You know, and how do you, what, what, is the, what is the definition and how does that work? And why, why does that one word work there where other words don't? And so there's this big old mix of oh, how do you hit all of them? And so there, there's, there are those in here that say, man, I want to dive in. And that's good. And I want to encourage everybody, have that heart I mean, everybody's going to be different, and not not everybody's going to say, "Hey, I want I want to know I want to learn how to speak Greek just because I want to study Scripture." But for what you can have, have the heart to. I need to know more of the Word. I need to get that inside of me. I want to um, understand and comprehend and and let let the Word both minister to me, wash over me. And to give me wisdom, I was, um, I, I, something the Lord was working in me just the other day, because I was reading through the Psalms again, um, and it, it said, you know, when you, um, when you love the, the, the Word, when you love uh, God's uh, words to us, you know, His, His, because um, they didn't have the, the Old, Old Testament in the Psalms, you know, they had, they had the law, you know, and that's kind of being written in David's time. Um, but he said, I'll love it, I'll meditate on it, and God will give you wisdom because of it. I'm like, you know, love the, love the word. And now I want to just kind of toss this out for everybody here. That's something that I want, um, I, I've mentioned to a few of y'all in the past, we have a, we have a great prayer service uh, on Zoom on Wednesdays. And I do not want to touch that because it's working and you know so much you know the most of the time you know the prayer meeting for the church is like the least attended and you guys just you, you love to pray and that's awesome and i so it's working i I'm, i don't want to touch that right because it's it's great but i would like to find some times that we can we can have even some more in-depth teaching you know and just dig in and dive in and but so if you all will brainstorm with me on that and say, you know what, this would work. Because I'm, I'm not, I, I want to make sure it will, because I don't want to just work for me. Say, you know, I'll be up here on Tuesday morning at six o'clock. And everybody, you know, in the morning, be like, I don't get up that early. <laughs> right? And I'm up there teaching, teaching to a bunch of blank chairs, which I've done before. But that's another story. Um, <laughs> Okay, so help me think of how we can do that in a way that it will work for not, not just me, but for everybody, that we can have some more um, st- structured, uh, so we can dig in and maybe we'll take a book or maybe we'll take um, a chunk. One thing I'd like to do, that, that um, there is a, a uh, can, can go through the entire Bible in about 12 weeks. Um, it's called Casket Empty. And casket is uh, casket empty is a um, uh, an acronym for um, all the different little sections through the casket is Old Testament empty is the new um, so it gives a great foundation for uh, the entire scripture in about twelve weeks but anyway please help me with that I'm tossing that out to everybody to say because it, it, if it doesn't work for you all it's not something that you all will, would want it, it's not going to work. Okay, so be thinking about that with me, and if you have an idea, please let me know, so that we can um, we can do some more uh, teaching. Because I believe, I, I really believe that that is something that will encourage. And as we as we really um, have a heart for the Word, we'll grow as disciples in the Lord, and we will increase not only in our maturity in Him, but in our numbers. God blesses that. So they had a heart uh, for the word. Um, not only that, though, that um, it says they were first called, we just read it in verse 26, they were first called Christians 
in Antioch. First called Christians in Antioch. We like to, this, for us, this, I don't think this means quite as much because we're used to us being called Christians, right? That's what we grew up with. Those are the Christians, or we are the Christians. I, what, what, what faith are you? I'm a Christian. And it's, it's easy. We, in fact, we hear Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus so much that we don't really oftentimes understand. You know, Christ is, is part of the name. I've mentioned this in here before, and it does. It's okay, because um, it does get to be his title and his name uh, very, very shortly um, after you know uh, the 30, 40, 50 um, uh, A.D. time. And people just say, um, who, who do you worship? Well, we worship Christ. And, that, and that's okay. But it started out as, um, not only as a title, but as a, um, it's a descriptive, okay? Uh, Christ, it, it comes from uh, a Messiah in the Old Testament, and it, it means really to, to anoint or to smear. So the, the idea, and they, they used it for um, different things, like if somebody were to... Um, uh, put lotion all over themselves. They would, they would, uh, it, to to make a bad, they would, they would Christ themselves. They would Messiah themselves. Lotion, right? They would smear it all over themselves. And um, all through the Old Testament, the, that word is used for the anointing. So they would, they would anoint priests, and they would anoint prophets, and they would uh, anoint kings. Um, even uh, King Cyrus uh, is talked about as being uh, anointed as as a, a Messiah, if you will. We think of the Messiah and the Christ, right? And we should. But um, to give you a background, this is um, in, in the in Judaism. This is the thought behind Christ, is the Anointed One, the one whom God has put the oil on to be the king. Now, having said all that, that is not something that they had, the Greeks had. So in Antioch, they would not have heard Christ or not have heard um, anointed, you know, they, they wouldn't have heard Messiah or Christ and gone, oh, it's the king. But we do know that part of that Understanding that Jesus being the king is something that set itself up against Caesar. In fact, with, um, uh, with Jason, um, oh, I did not write that down. Um, it, later on in Acts, uh, I, didn't, I didn't write down the scripture. I looked it up and forgot to write it down. Um, it said, you know, they're, uh, starting to persecute the church, and Jason says that they have this other king that they they serve named Jesus. Okay, that's why this is why I harped on this so much at the beginning. This is the number three city in the Roman Empire, and they're calling themselves Christians. They're calling themselves the people of another king. This is, this is really brazen, if you will. Okay? Um, I also believe, we, we, scholars don't know who came up with Christian as far as, it was it the Christians themselves who said, we, we would to call ourselves Christians, or was it maybe people who were outside, who that was a derogatory name, and then it stuck, right? And pe- scholars don't know. They, they, they just don't know. My thought is, and this is, again, my thought, this is a community that I believe was a diverse community. This has had a lot of Jews in, in Antioch, and now, for the first time, for the very first time, a lot of Greeks the door had been opened, 
right? Samaria was still Jewish somewhat. You know, Peter preached um, to Cornelius, but that was just a small group. You know, Philip with the Ethiopian, but that's just a person. For the first time, we're seeing a large group of Greeks who have come in to know Jesus by people we don't know who preached to him. But I believe this is a, a name that kind of just, they could put a banner over everybody. It wasn't Jewish any longer because you've got a bunch of Greeks. So it wasn't a Jewish thing. It was, hey, here is a banner we can put over the entire group. Let's call them Christians. Followers of the Anointed One. But let's, let's think about if somebody in Chicago decided to start making a shadow government, how would our government react? We, ser- we serve another president, and it's not you. You know, that kind of happened in Waco about 28 years ago, was it? We all know how that turned out under Bill Clinton. Actually, it was outside, just outside of Waco, but it was definitely a kind of crazy time. The government doesn't like shadow governments. They don't like you to say, we're going to live in, in your area, but we're going to serve another king. We're going to serve another president. We're going we're gonna to have all the benefits of your, your state, but we're gonna, we, we, we actually don't belong there. We belong to another one. And actually, our king is better than you. Our president is better than you. The governments don't like that very much. Like, like at all. So this is brazen for them to say we're Christians. You know, our, our area here, in, especially in the Willimantic area, it's a diverse group. There is a very large international community a lot of Hispanics, a lot of folks from Puerto Rico and some of the other, um, uh, you know, some of the islands and the different Hispanic groups. We have a really diverse community here. But I believe with, with the revival that is starting, I was actually talking about this with uh, the, that revival with one of the town council members um, the other night which is fun. But with this revival that is, is I believe, is, is really starting, we need a banner. That it's not, it's not the Latino community. It's not the white community. It's not the Puerto Rican community. It's not the, the this community and that community. It's, a, it's not the Baptists and the Assembly of God ones and the, and the um, Congregational. And they, we need a banner. Christian. I don't know if that's, we, we are Christian. I don't know, maybe, maybe we need a more brazen banner than that. I don't know. You know but, but something that, that unites what Jesus, who Jesus is. We need to recover the meaning of being a Christian. That we follow the King. Much more than the government in town or the government in the state or the government in the country. We follow the King. And I believe it's a banner that unites and it also describes who we are. So the, the revival, I believe, has got to unite. And, and when you study Antioch a little bit more, they, they had some division and they had some difficult times. A lot of it was the Jewish-Gentile division. This is, Antioch is the place where, um, you remember when uh, Paul confronted Peter? You remember this in, in Galatians? Peter, Peter had come up to Antioch and was, was eating with everybody and having a good time. And then some um, folks came up from James uh, in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, I'm not sure I'm going to eat with you Gentiles anymore. And Paul said, what are you doing? Right? That, that was Greek. It was, it, it's, what are you doing? 
And, and it confronted Peter to his face. That was in Antioch. All right? And I believe it was because there, there was that Jewish-Gentile thing going on in Antioch. There was a real... But they need a un, un, united front. They need that unity. We need that unity here in town. We need to reach across those, those lines of, of, of socioeconomic lines, of, of color of skin, and of, of background, of language. Right? We need those, those, that, those, those barriers to be torn down and for us to be united. And I believe that the Lord's going to do that. Please, you know, believe with me and let's do our parts. I, I love it that, you know, we have, when we have people come in that are of a different international background, whether that's from wherever, because we're all Christian, right? So not only it was um, a diverse... The, uh, they brought unity in that diverse background, but but look, at this it was also uh, built on a on on the gifts of the spirit. Um, look at verse twenty-seven. So now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world, and this took place in the reign of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each, each of them determined to send a contribution for their, the relief of their brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and, and Saul to the elders. Now, um, jump, jump down with me to chapter 13, verse 1. Okay? Actually, I'm going to start in verse 25 of chapter 12. All right? So, remember, um, Paul... Paul and Barnabas are there. A, a guy named Agabus comes and says, hey, there's going to be a famine. So they take up a collection, send it with uh, Barnabas and Paul to the elders in Jerusalem. And it says, in verse 25, it says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled the, their mission. Okay, so they, they went to Jerusalem, came back is what it looks like, um, along, uh, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Now there were at Antioch, verse 13, 1, in, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called uh, Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Mene- uh, Lucius, um, I believe, was one of the uh, ones in, in Acts chapter 6, right? Menean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch. So this guy, um, lo- it looks like he was uh, somehow friends in, in the same company with Herod. This guy was an important person, right? Um, and he, this, he's listed here as being prophets, uh, prophets, one of the prophets or teachers. He'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Okay, Saul, the one who wrote a good portion of the New Testament, is listed last. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, in Acts 14, 14, um, it's listed, it said, when, when the apostles, listen to this, uh, it says, when the apostles, did you get that? When the apostles plural, Barnabas and Paul heard of it. They tore their robes and rushed out into the crowd, crying out. So, again, Barnabas was listed first, and then Paul. At the, you know, it's now Paul instead of Saul. But, um, so, where was I going with that? I just lost my train of thought. Yep. Um, but, it's once again. It is based on um, the gifts of the Spirit. There are uh, there were as it was a prophet Agabus who came in, and they they responded to it. I think about you know me and a lot of times you, somebody would come in and say, "Hey, look, this is what the Lord's going to do," and we go, "Okay." When we see it, we'll respond. 
right? There's going to be a, there's going to be a, uh, for this, there, there's going to be a famine. So they didn't say, oh, well, let's, let's think about what to do about that. And when, when we see it, we'll figure it out. No, they, they took up a collection, started sending before it ever happened. They responded to the word of the Lord and they responded to the prophetic word. Oh, this is going to happen. Well, let's, let's send some money to Jerusalem. Again, uh, they, this, is, this is amazing what happens in chapter 13. Um, because uh, this is where the first, the first missionary journey, as I said, Antioch becomes the, the second most important city in Christianity at the time. They, they start having a structure. Right? So they, they say, okay, look, what are we supposed to do? And the Lord says, set apart Saul and Barnabas. Okay. There's, there's prophets and teachers there. Let's set them apart. But then all of a sudden, after that, it's the apostles, Barnabas and Paul. They're sent out. They're sent out by the church on the first missionary journey. They're sent out by the, this church that is um, fairly new, composed of Gentile and Jewish Christians. And they already have a structure started going on. They have prophets and teachers. All right, well, let's, let's commission them and let's send them out and go. So as the revival comes, so they become a sending community, but it's based on the prophetic. It was based on the, the gifts of the Spirit. It was based on what is the Spirit doing? And we have that some already going, but I, I believe the Lord, uh, the Lord's going to give more. And when He does, let's let's listen and let's respond to what the Lord does. When there's a word, when there's a word that comes forth, let's hear, let's take it to heart, and let's respond. When there's when there's another, uh, when when the Lord says, "Hey, let's send these people out," okay, well, let's send them out. When He's when He says, "Hey, let's let's repent." Let's all go, okay, we better repent. The Lord's saying this. Well, we'll, we'll let's search our hearts. But let's, let's listen and respond and be able to um, have that built on the gifts of the Spirit. It won't just be prophecy, although prophecy will be one of them. But it'll, it'll be encouragement. It'll be, it'll be love. It'll be giving. It'll be service. It'll be administration. It'll be... Um, it'll be the prophetic. It'll be uh, healing and signs and wonders and miracles and, and uh, discerning of spirits and, and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And with all of those, I think the Lord a lot of times says, okay, if I give those to you, what are you going to do with them? Uh-oh. See, that's where the rubber meets the road. Is it just for us? Or are we going to say, okay, Lord, you have said this, and so I, we will do it. You, you have, um, this just came to mind a couple times, so I'm, I think it's the Holy Spirit that's, uh, um, a good friend of ours, uh, Hansi, is, uh, um, he's told, I've heard him say over and over, he, he said, you know, healing, a healing is easy to receive, it's hard to keep. He said, a healing is easy to receive, it's hard to keep. He said, because you'll get prayed for, and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I feel good. You know, whatever that might be. And then, several days later, the devil tries to steal it from you. So, what, I, what I'm encouraging with us is, you know what, let's begin to have the attitude when we're prayed for for something, right, that we're like, okay, uh, I've followed the word. I've gone to the elders. I've had them anoint me with oil. And it says this is what will happen. You'll be healed. Okay, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm healed. I may not see it right now, but I'm healed. I may not see the results right now, but 
I'm going to walk in that because that's what the Word says. Right? Does the Word say that? Wait, let me do this. Not me. It's, it's this here, okay? Don't take my word for it. My word isn't, my word isn't, uh, isn't, isn't the absolute truth. I'm hoping it's true, okay? But this is the standard. This is what, it, okay? Take it to the bank. Are we taking it to the bank? We... I told you earlier, we struggled to take it to the bank that God was going to take care of us. Does the word say he will? Yeah. I know for me, I could say, Lord, I, I, I looked and I said, Lord, are you going to do it this time? Is your word really true for me? Is it? I know you have in the past. Are you really going to do it again? Or am I going to find myself out in the rain? <laughs> right? But it's true. So when we hear it, when, whether it's through the actual word or through the gifts that he gives, let's receive it as the word of God and, and act upon it. It was a charismatic community. It was a gift-filled community that experienced the gifts and acted upon those. So how did, how did Antioch become the second greatest city in Christendom, going from, you know, a, a, a place that was, you know, they had a Jewish community, but this is a place that is filled with idols and filled with um, Caesar worship, and all of a sudden it gets filled with Christianity. They, it's a grassroots movement. People, you're doing it already. Let's just keep on going. Right? Somebody, there was a, it's a group that, that loved the word and they wanted to be taught. You, you, all, you all love the word. I love it that you guys are hungry. Just give me more. You come to me with questions and say, hey, what about this? Uh, well, what about this? Well, this is, well what about this? I, I love it. Keep on going. It's a, uh, you know, a group that, there's a, a banner of unity, right? A banner that was, that was brazen, Let's be. Let's recover what it means to be a Christian, and follow after the King, and do that in a unified way. Let's continue. Let's continue to let the gifts be in operation. Let's continue to to, to let those bubble up, and let's receive those, whatever those might be. Whether maybe it's maybe it's somebody comes in and says, "Look, guys, you got to give till it hurts." Okay. Give it to, maybe it's somebody who comes in and says, look, repent till it hurts. Okay. Love till it hurts. Okay. Serve till it hurts. Okay. Whatever it may be, let's respond. Let's do it wholeheartedly. Believe that the Lord will use those things. And uh, look, I believe it's starting. This is evidence this morning. It's starting. And I want to commend you guys. Right, this is, none, of, none of this is, hey, look, get, get, get straight. No, it's going. I'm just saying, let's, let's keep going. You know, just take hold of it more. Take that one more step. You know, whatever that's, maybe it's this step, maybe it's this step. Take that step. Because it, it's, it's, it's starting to roll, and I believe we'll see some great things from the Lord and see Him quickly. So um, let, let's... Let's pray together, and let me, um, I want to just release this over, over you guys. Lord, I, I just, I thank you this morning for who you are. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here already. And I just, um, Lord, I, I feel like that there's there's some there's some folks in here that just say, you know, I 
I can't even take the first step. I, I can't I can't take that step of being a grassroots movement. I'm just not there. They're just it's just not in me. And Lord, I, I pray that for those people that you'll meet them where they are, that you will um, encourage them. Lord, let them know what you have worked in them already. I pray that you'll show them all those things that have been in them already before that that you have you have met them and you've met their needs and you've loved them and you've cared for them things that that qualify them to be used by you and lord i release over this group the um the gifts of the spirit once again lord i release over each one here just a love for not only for you but a love for your word and a love to for understanding and for wisdom i release over this church just a, a not just a unity in us which i think you that you thank you lord that you've given already but a unity that 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 we are a catalyst for unity all across this this town Lord, use us for that. And Lord, just thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for the testimonies we've heard today. Thank you so much. And Lord, i just looking forward to hearing more and more. I can't wait till I can just kind of sit back and say, yeah, just, just tell more about God's goodness. Just tell more, just tell more. Lord, I just um, I bless each person here. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now. Um,